Welcome to the It Is Written podcast. As doubts about God's will arise, the world resorts to feelings and experts. We go to the law and to the testimony of God's word. In today's episode, we're going to take a look at the life of Lot, who is the nephew of Abraham, who lived in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. In Genesis chapter 12, God called Abram to leave his mm-hmm. family and to leave his homeland and to go to the land of Canaan. He took his wife Sarai and his nephew Lot and they journeyed. They were very prosperous and at one point in time it created some stress. The herdsmen of Abram and the herdsmen of Lot were competing for the same pasture grounds and it was getting congested. And Abraham, very unselfishly, very generously, offered to Lot to just look over the landscape Mm -hmm. and go in whatever direction he chose, and Abram would go in the opposite direction. And Lot, who probably should have said, no, you're my uncle, you decide first, (laughs) decided for himself, and he decided on the well-watered plain of the Jordan, where he thought the grasslands would be very good for his herds and his flocks. And he was not particularly thinking about the spiritual situation of that area. In fact, let's look at this. In uh, Genesis 13, 11, he went eastward. And then would you read verses 12 and 13? Abram lived in the land of Canaan, but Lot lived in the cities of the plain and set up his tent near Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were evil, sinning immensely against the Lord. Not a good place to set up your tent towards Sodom, near Sodom, because Sodom was such a wicked place. Sometimes people decide to move and they don't think about the spiritual consequences. That seemed to have been Lot's situation. From a pasture land standpoint, from a prosperity standpoint, this seemed ideal. But not so much from a spiritual standpoint. Then in chapter 14, there was a four-nation coalition that fought against a five-nation coalition. And the four-nation coalition prevailed. And so Lot was captured and taken into captivity by these four kings. And Abram ends up overtaking them and and rescuing Lot. But notice in 1412, by this time, Lot was living in Sodom. Right. He was in the region of Sodom in chapter 13. Now he's living in Sodom. And before it's all over in chapter 19, we'll see him being in the gates of Sodom, probably an indication that he was an official in Sodom. Often our exposure to the world just grows and increases as we get more and more involved with it. I think about Psalm 1. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. We tend to walk through, and then we stand, and then we sit and belong. Yes. Our tendency is to let wickedness and evil just become more and more part of our lifestyle. Yeah. And we don't necessarily intend for that to happen when we start out. But it gets that way. Well, time passes and God is very upset with Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities of the plain for their exceeding wickedness. And he sends a couple of angels that Lot sees as men. And in chapter 19 of Genesis, would you read verses 1 through 3? The two angels entered Sodom in the evening as Lot was sitting in Sodom's gateway. When Lot saw them, he got up to meet them. He bowed with his face to the ground and said, My lords, turn aside to your servant's house, wash your feet, and spend the night. Then you can get up early and go on your way. In verse 3. No, they said, we would rather spend the night in the square. 
But he urged them so strongly that they followed him and went into his house, and he prepared a feast and baked unleavened bread for them, and they ate. So you appreciate Lot's hospitality. Sure. (laughs) He seems to be very much against these two men spending the night in the square. You may wonder why he's so paranoid about that, but we don't have long to wonder. Before they lay down, read verses 4 and 5. Before they went to bed, the men of the city of Sodom, both young and old, the whole population, surrounded the house. And they called out to Lot and said, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Send them out to us so that we can have sex with them. So a really terrible incident yeah. as these homosexual men in Sodom wanted new victims. Right. And it was just a terrible situation. Lot offers them his virgin daughters instead, which yeah. you wonder what he was thinking when he did that. Yeah. It, certainly he's been somewhat affected by the culture of Sodom. And to think that he, when he first moved to Sodom, would ever be put in a position to do that. Yeah, you would never dream that yeah. you'd be in that situation. And so the, the angels, who are incognito as men, reach out their hands in verse 10 and brought Lot into the house with them and shut the door. Would you read verse 11? They struck the men who were at the entrance of the house, both young and old, with blindness, so that they were unable to find the entrance. So these people are still looking for the entrance, trying to find it, even blinded. They are so crazed by this passion of theirs. It's just pathetic. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's worth, I think, parenthetically talking for a moment about the fact that the Bible's clear that homosexual behavior is wrong. God made us from the beginning male and female, and that's the way we are. Yeah. And it's better to obey God's rules. We've let our culture define homosexuality as to who you are, not what you do. And so they just proclaim certain people are gay. Well, a person is not a thief because they thought about stealing something, but because they actually take something. Mm -hmm. Somebody's not homosexual because they have some temptations along that line. They're homosexual and they act out on that. And the thing we would tell somebody who's tempted with the same-sex attraction is not to look, not to fantasize, not to develop an inappropriate relationship, and not to act out. Right. And that's, that's what needs to be done. And so, in this situation, it's just really a sad state of affairs in Sodom. We can see why God was so angry with them and wanted to get anybody righteous out of the city so he could rain fire and brimstone down on it. From the people he did take out, it looks like he, he took out everybody who could possibly be considered righteous. Yes. Took Lot, his wife, and their two daughters. And even Lot's wife, who was told not to look back, looked longingly back. She hated to give up what she was leaving behind in Sodom and turned into a pillar of salt. And so you see how the influence of that city has just had such a corrupting effect on even the family. And it's so much what happens to us. We, We start out dabbling in the world and having worldly friends and letting them influence us a little and we just get sucked in a step at a time. We become very worldly minded. You know, you think about before this occurred where Sodom and Gomorrah were incinerated, what would you have said if you'd have written a biography of Lot? Maybe from tent to city hall or something like that? You know, he was a success story. But then when you see the whole picture, he was a disastrous story. And you might ask Lot some questions. Lot... How did your move affect the city? Abram could have affected the city positively. I don't think it looked like Lot did. Lot, how did your move affect your spiritual life? 2 Peter 2 said he was tormented day and night by what he saw in that city. It was a terrible situation. Lot, how did your move affect your family? Well, you see what happened to his wife. His daughters were in not much better situation at the end of Genesis 19. 
And what about the real reason he moved there? His prosperity, how did yeah. it affect that? Yeah. Well, he ended up losing everything. Yeah. It's a real lesson to us to be very conscious of the impact of the world on us and our family and trying to not allow ourselves to be too influenced, too affected, too close to the things of the world. Light and dark don't mix, and so we need to come out from among them and be separate and be willing to be different from the world around us. Thank you for listening to the It Is Written podcast. If you have any questions or comments that you would like to share with us, feel free to send Gary an email at garyfisher1063 at gmail.com. We hope you have a blessed day.